my interview that I had set for today switched to next week. She just oh, had cool. a baby, so uh, things are kind of up in the air with with scheduling. So uh, it worked out perfect because I was already going to be down here. So wow, that's cool. How how are yeah. you doing? How's how's the kids and the family doing with uh, everything you know related to this pandemic that we're going through? Is everybody okay? Oh yeah, yeah. Everyone's good. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been working the whole time, and and uh, yeah. Aside from the masks and stuff, everything's pretty normal as far as the home front goes. <laughs> Yeah, now you got like a new setup for uh, your office with Eagle Vision. Yeah, yeah. That's nice man, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, they let me use it as a studio, so it's it's been uh, been real good. So I'm down here quite a bit, down in the Pearl in uh, Portland. Are you far from Bend? That's um, Oregon at all? Uh, a couple hours. A couple hours. Our friend yeah. uh, Ben um, Rosette from Strawberry Girls. I don't know if you're familiar with their music. They're like a instrumental rock band, um, uh-huh. but they're not too far from there. Yeah. Um, I've never been out to the West Coast. Zach's actually going to be in California momentarily soon, I believe. Like in a month, yeah. yeah. I'll be out there. Just for some okay. business. So Sweet. He will be absent for a little bit on the podcast. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, thank you for coming by. Um, really appreciate this. Worked out really well, like you just said. Uh, everything kind of just came to fruition. Um, and you've been doing podcasting a lot longer than we have. So I think there's a lot of things <laughs> that we might possibly learn from you just sitting down yeah. and hanging. So. Well, cool. Yeah, I, I'm sorry it took so long to get it set up. It's just been literally since the EVR partnership and everything. Like it's just been exploding where interview requests are coming in like crazy, and I had a bunch of stuff Great. scheduled already. And it's just been I keep telling I get back to Becky like, all right, we're gonna make this happen. I just want to. <laughs> so finally, I was just like, okay, we're making this happen. Let's do it. Okay, that's it good, up. man. Congrats. So, but sorry about that. But uh, I try to be as easy as possible. But it's just been nuts with with that. and I've. Got put on sixty-hour weeks at work uh, for three weeks straight, which really sucks for getting anything else scheduled. So, anyway, enough about that. Yeah. But there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> but as a DIY approach, uh, DIY approach, um, you've been doing this for quite some time, right? Like I believe, like six, seven years. I would say four years. Four years. Four okay. years uh, this month. Okay. Oh, that's awesome! Congratulations. And like Thanks. when you started out. Um, how did you go about, you know, getting interested in it? Because I know that you were um, previously on tour, and then you came home for family reasons to, you know, do that, and then your interest picked back up with, you know, being in the music industry and involving yourself in the podcast. Yeah, it was a big, a big gap because uh, I came back from tour in 2007 uh, with no, no other prospects to go out. So I was just kind of like, well, it's time to start real life, and uh, did that, and then I just started. I went, I don't know, probably something like nine or ten years, I think. No, eight eight or nine years. Yeah, because mm. I started the podcast in 2016. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I, but I wasn't going to shows or anything. I was just working and, and doing the family thing, and I started going to shows again. Friends started coming through, and uh, I think it was the Thrice guys that came through and, and got me back into it again, and uh, I didn't want to go tour, so... I'd start yeah. listening to podcasts and I didn't know what they were at the time. I'd start listening to a couple and um like man, I could do that. And and so yeah. Just got some like cheap gear and, and went for it. <laughs> I, I I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea I knew I liked talking to people and I knew mm-hmm. I liked uh, uh I that, that wasn't a problem for me. But like being able to steer the conversation and, and keep things on track or off track in the right way. Um, 
was was soon to be found out. So, um, yeah, it was pretty much that. Like I just I just wanted to do it and and set it up and started doing it. And so, were you like completely like detached from music for the most part for like almost a decade? Yeah, just not not even going to shows or anything. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, shows come through Portland. Well, did all the time, and I just <laughs> didn't go. I was just like, yeah, I'd rather Ouch. do this. And uh, yeah, so I I didn't even pick up the guitar for I don't know five years. I just kind of got burnt out. So sometimes you really need that, though. I mean, like um, I know plenty of people that like at some point. I mean, everybody gets into it like, and it's kind of like it's a, it's a tool for you to kind of express yourself clearly, but once you get to a point where it's like you're relying on the money and it becomes more like a job and you're not, you know, you're not one of these top tier groups that's making a lot of money. It is like kind of like a nine to five grind in terms of like the income that you're getting. You kind of like you fall out of love with it. And sometimes you need that, that step back, you know, take yourself away from it to really appreciate it again. So, yeah, that's what it got to be. It got to be, uh, it got to be a job. It was, it was a job. I didn't, uh, I was a touring guitarist for Portugal, the man. So I was having a blast. I didn't have any responsibilities except to be on stage and play. I didn't have to drive anything. I didn't have to, uh, I loaded sometimes. Um, but it was, it, it just got to be a job. And I realized I was playing songs that I didn't write. Uh, and it was just kind of like a, uh, it was an interesting situation being a, a hired hand and, um, or hired gun, whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. So I just started getting jaded. Like it was, I mean, you just get a day sheet every morning. It tells you where you are and, and you know, if it's sold out or not and where your hotel is and stuff like that. Yeah. It just wasn't the same. Like there was yeah. no adventure left. It was already planned out and done for you. So did um, you ever try and write for them? Did you have anything that like you kind of presented? No, no. Um, John, that's John's game. Yeah. John writes I mean, everything. Works out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, Kyle, Kyle writes, you know, a lot of piano stuff and, and I'm yeah. sure Eric contributes now. Um, but I was never in that position to contribute that way with, with that band. Yeah. And speaking with higher gun, I mean, have you ever seen the documentary of, um, a series like that? I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. It was actually fairly interesting. And, um, you know, being, you know, Zach and I are musicians ourselves. Um, I've been an original act for a while, but the thing of the matter is, like, I feel like there's a lot of um, passion that goes into writing with the music, and I don't know. I saw that documentary, and I got an opportunity to be a higher gun one time, and I don't know if that was just my gig, you know? It's just, you're there to play, and then, you know, that's your job, but at the same time, you know, you can unfortunately get dropped in a matter of seconds. I think it was Bob Dylan's band that he dropped because of management, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't remember. Yeah. I know my buddy Blasco was in that documentary. I think um, oh, he he yeah he plays for Ozzy and and he played for Rob Zombie and Danzig and and all sorts of guys. But he uh, yeah his things just got to be likable. I mean you got to just get along. You got to make uh, you know the other person feel good. Uh, my other buddy Juan um, plays for Marilyn Manson. Well played for Marilyn Manson. He got in a bike accident. Um, a while back he's recovering from that but basically said your job is to make sure that person is comfortable with that so say in this case Marilyn Manson that his that he gets on stage and he feels like he's doing what he's always done like you don't put your own flair on it you, your job is to play those songs the way they're supposed to be played and if you're not in it for 10 seconds he said Manson will be breathing down your neck because he'll realize you're not mm -hmm. into it he's that on on point um 
So well, especially with his shows, crazy. I mean, like you have to have that energy there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, theatrical so, wise. Buddy Rich was the same yeah. way. I mean, Buddy Rich, like if you ever heard his like um, his bus tapes, he would go off on his musicians like if they were like really off on a note or two at a couple shows. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> he was That's a real the stuff you never saw because there was no internet back then. Yeah, I think they said the same thing about Frank Zappa, and like Frank Zappa is obviously like a virtuoso, and it's just I've heard I've heard stories and just like reading about him that like if anybody was even like a hair off he would like throw shit at you just gonna be a complete asshole about but like you need like you kind of need that and like i bet you after that you are touring with guys like that or playing with guys like that expecting that kind of energy from you like it it does make you a better musician and a better professional at the end of the day it's just it's just a lot of pressure in in the moment sure sure yeah and a tight schedule and yeah everything about it is is wild yeah, I miss the touring days, though. I mean, it's a shame. And, uh, you know, I talked with my band recently. Um, we, we had some success, but I kind of, like, took a step back and said, I'm glad we didn't get successful, uh, you know, due to this unfortunate circumstance with, you know, a global pandemic that nobody saw coming straight out of left field. And I feel for, like, all of our friends who have been on the podcast. I mean, not just musicians, but, like, industry professionals in general, you know, touring is their bread and butter. All those roadies, all those sound guys, girls, you know, production quality, like, um, marketing, everything. It's just, it's a shame that like, you know, this industry is going to be the last to open up. Um, and we're doing our best to get through, you know, what we have going on right now. So hopefully that changes soon. Yeah. I hope so as well. Yeah. It's insane. Like, uh, it's like with live streaming with these bands too. It's like, um, I'd be, how many times can you really do that? in you know, a couple months, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you're they're dirt on the road full time, every day. You know, pushing and trucking along and such. It just, it's just, it's just hard to see. And hopefully, we could be able to resume too. And the podcast industry has been picking up. Like, I actually started this podcast um, due to the fact that you know, um, I wasn't doing much because the industry closed down. And then I just started started rolling off and basically on a DIY uh, situation, kind of like you did starting back in, you know, a couple of years ago or four years ago. Um, what were like some of the difficult things that you had to, you know, really push through when you first started this out? Because we're basically, we're not even on year one yet. I think we're on like seven months, no, six months right now. So what do you think some of the most difficult things were in the beginning when you started the podcast? Um, well, the the first difficult thing was a, a good thing at the same time, but it was, I reached out to about 25 friends and a couple people I didn't know. And asked them if they'd be interested in coming on the show. And they all said yes, except for one of them. So then I was like, shit, I have to record 24 interviews. uh, And how am I going to do this? So that immediately was like, okay, this is a good thing, but I don't know how I'm going to do this. So then the other spot was, you know, we were all living in an apartment still. So it's like, where am I going to record this thing? Um, You know, and so that just... the DIY thing with with most things is just you have no other option. So I don't think anyone really chooses to go about things in a difficult way, or or if they could have it easier, they would probably take it. Um, so I started recording between uh, my car or my van, really, which I did the first the first about twenty episodes. I did at my cousin's house because they would go to church on Sundays for like three hours. And they're like, you could just pop up to Vancouver here 
use my husband's office and um and yeah so i i would drive up there and my cousin and her husband would leave for church and i would set up in his office and i would schedule three interviews in a row an hour each um for three hours and i would literally go the whole time and that was awesome but i was using um some microphone like the blue yeti microphone yeah, yeah. <laughs> the picks up everything and uh i just so i didn't realize like what i needed and what i what i wanted so it was just growing pains that way um let's see figuring out yeah figuring out what gear to buy where to record how to get it online and uh and not get ripped off on stuff like that those were difficult yeah. difficult to do um and then actually executing all the conversations uh got stressful but we made it through it we got them all done so yeah, because I, that's the whole point of the podcast. You know, you're in for, for the long haul with a story or a conversation that can go over, you know, an hour to possibly two hours, depending on, you know, who you're talking to and how well the conversation is going. And that's an art in itself. Um, and on that note, it's like, you know, I'm sure there like I, I've definitely had it sometimes where I had difficulty trying to connect with that guest that is a complete stranger because in the beginning it was like you said, like I hit up most of my friends and they all said, yeah, besides like a few um which was easy <laughs> like it was like we were just hanging out you know all over again but at the same time you know you have guests that you're reaching out to to start this you know as a full-time gig um and it's hard to bring out conversation to some people that's just who they are yeah Personally. yeah it is it's it's uh there's definitely been ups and downs with that too and and yeah it's it's an interesting thing conversation is it's an art form i think and it's something that you know not everyone uh, that you think would be the best conversationalists will be, you know, um, that's what, the, or depends on the day. Maybe they're having an off day. Maybe they're, it's like when you meet someone famous and they blow you off, but maybe they, you know, have had been throwing up all day and they've got to go on in 10 minutes. They just want to eat some dinner and, and go, but you're running up asking for an autograph or, or a picture, you know, you can't really gauge things on that, but you also can't prep for them either. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel just, like another another thing is trying to like hit on points that people like, especially. I mean, you have a lot of contacts in the industry still, and it's just trying to find things that somebody that doesn't have access to these kind of conversations, stuff they want to hear and the stuff they want to ask, and like that. I think that's a little bit harder sometimes, just because we are so used to talking to these people that we kind of become too familiar, and it's just more like like we already know the basics of everything that we we're, we're going to ask anyway. So it's just. It's it's trying to focus on what people that are watching for this kind of content, what they want to hear and what they want to ask themselves too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I think you have the the voice for podcasting, in my opinion. I don't know. It's just very like you do. You got like that deep, humble. Yeah, that date. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's nice. Maybe I it's like that. Maybe like that's it's the West gravy. Coast vibe, man. That's what it is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That, that's it. It's warm, warm gravy, gravy, man. Warm gravy. Dustin. Justin Kenzer and I were talking about this on his episode because I was like, as he talks very softly and kind of in broken pieces, like he's very, uh, he's got a very interesting style and we've known each other a long time, 20 some years. And um, in the middle, I'm just sitting there and I'm just like lulling myself, not to sleep, but I'm just relaxed. And I'm like, man, this is like a deep voice competition. Like we're just, <laughs> just mixing warm gravy. It just, and, <laughs> <laughs> finally got him to laugh because he was so serious the whole time which was funny because he's not serious and uh 
yeah, it just became a, a deep voice competition. Yeah, it's it's something that I never thought about before either. Is is I was always thinking about a singing voice or or you know uh, guitar stuff, but never speaking. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like when we when I started this podcast in the beginning, I was like really trying to you know seek out for inspiration and just try to see like how the music podcast has been going and like uh, the two that I you know prominently found. Um, before I started this was uh, the Peer Pleasure podcast and uh, Finn McKinsey's podcast. Those were like the two that really stuck oh, out to me. Oh, Punk Rock NBA? Yeah, Punk Rock mm-hmm. NBA. Yeah, so they really stuck yeah. out to me. So I was able to actually get a couple opportunities to like listen to both um, sides of it. So I've listened to and uh, listened to some of the Peer Pleasure, got a chance to listen to some of his podcasts. So it, there's not a lot out there too. And it's great that we're able to bring out that content to uh, the public for what people are really interested in conversation pieces sure yeah. yeah and you've had a oh dude like you've had a vet on from coven like she's like my go-to check dude yeah like, uh, i would love who to have was her on that the you cut out there who is it who are you saying uh you, you've had a vet from, from covet oh on a yeah few times yeah three times <laughs> yeah we just had dave on for the second time he uh we were doing a, a taste test for craft beer and i uh talked to him prior i don't say back in like may and they're just cool people, dude. Like that whole band is just fantastic. They're wonderful. Yeah, they're so good too. Forest is awesome too, and and yeah, they're they're great. Have you uh, kept in like close contact with um, most of your uh, friends and colleagues from the music industry when you were doing your touring days, in general? Uh, I lost touch with some um, during that off time, but yeah, I've pretty much gotten back with most people. Um, on a consistent basis. And I keep in touch actually with probably, I was just talking about this today. Someone asked me how many people I keep in touch with from the show that I've had on and probably 70 or 80%, like on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis text or whatever, whether we knew each other before the show or not, um, been kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on tour with like other bands too. Like it's, it's cool to like my number one thing is to try to, uh, just like make these bonds and these friendships with these bands I'm touring with because we're all on the same, you know, page. We're all doing the same, you know, living in general. Um, mm-hmm. And I would like to like just know how they go about their worldview. It's just very interesting to see other people like go about their taste in music. Like when you um, were not with touring with Portugal the Man, you were touring with um, the Anatomy of a Ghost. You guys also got you know. A chance to tour with Theosin when Anthony Green was still their vocalist. So, yep. have you? Yeah, their first run. Do you still do you have you have you talked to the guys in Theosin at all, like Bo or Anthony or? Well, I talked to Anthony guys? today actually. Um, oh, no kidding. Uh, uh, yeah, this afternoon I talked to him, um, and yeah, Justin and I text back and forth. You know, a couple times a month. Um, he joined the use for a little while, and then. Um, yeah, uh, Bo and I, Bo and I never really talked much. Um, he he's gonna come on the show at some point, but um, him and I had never. T- so it was Justin and uh, Chris, and then Anthony, um, mm-hmm. who we talked with most. And then yeah, Anthony and I have kept in touch since then, and and all the circuit guys. Um, Colin lives pretty close to me in here in Portland, and um, and Brennan is doing a podcast now called. Uh, the off the record podcast. So mm-hmm. him and I have been in touch, uh, kind of going through how to run that and start that, um, get that out there. So yeah, I, yeah, I talked to Anthony today. 
Yeah, I think he's playing a show locally soon. I don't know how he's going to go about it, but I've heard and read somewhere that he might be playing a show solely, like as a solo act. So I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, you over by Dillstown or? Yep. Yeah, I'm in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm in Jersey, okay. unfortunately. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Jersey's yeah. all right. It just depends where you go. It's all right. You guys have the it's beaches. Right. You know what I mean? Like got the Sopranos. I guess. Yeah, you got to pay to go to the beach, but hey. <laughs> That's what California's for, too. So I got to yeah. get myself out there. I have so many. Have, I, you, okay. have you always been in Oregon, or have you? Uh, did you like recently get up there? No, I grew up in Alaska. I've been in Oregon since uh, 2000. So what was the experience like living in Alaska? Uh, it was awesome. It was yeah. great. I would go back in a second. I love it. I've up never, there. I've never heard anybody really speak ill about it. I've heard like you would think just because of how, I mean, austere it is in most of the places. Like, were you closer to like Fairbanks or? Uh, no, Anchorage? I was down. I was down by Juneau. I was on a small island called Petersburg. Okay. Uh, where I grew up, and then I moved up when I was in sixth grade. We moved up to the mainland in Wasilla, which was uh, about fifty miles outside of Anchorage. And so now it's it's blown up. Like there's they have a I think they have a Best Buy and everything there uh, in yeah. Wasilla. And then uh, when I was growing up there though, there wasn't much. There's was a bowling alley and and uh, everyone would skateboard at the bank. And <laughs> we got a Walmart. That was cool. And then yeah, it's I've been so gone funny. for 20 years now, so it's it's blown up quite a bit up there. And yeah, we've been uh, back up there in a while. I was back up there in 2010, uh, twice. Quite some time, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was cool to see how things had advanced and, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, people have the wrong idea about it. It's, it's one of the most majestic places I've ever seen. Like I've never seen mountains like that. Um, it's like if you took a, if you took a, like a, uh, dull painting and turned up the, turned up the sharpness, like all the mountains are super sharp and jagged and, Mm. and just unforgiving, but it's so beautiful. You just feel calm and uh yeah seasons you got snow you got you got sun in the summertime it's light all night and it's like 80 degrees it's wonderful and uh you just can't tour from there without flying down every time so yeah that that's must what be brought kind us of down. A pain. yeah that must be a pain yeah i don't know if there's a local show or a local scene in in uh, alaska but if there yeah, is would there- very interesting yeah, would there be like is like what's what is it like up there as you're starting out as a musician? Like how how does that work? Dude, it takes you back in time. Like it takes you back in time <laughs> to the to the That's days. Sick. Like you look back at like the the '80s, like mid '80s punk rock scene where people are playing like Chinese restaurants and stuff, like the Mabu after like hours and stuff, and stuff like, like that. <laughs> yeah, like we played we played a show at the Little Caesars. We worked at we all worked at Little Caesars. And we played so a show cool. there. We uh, would practice there after closing. And it was like in a strip mall. So it was all glass front. So you could see everything going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when we, we were loading gear out for a show. And the cops like had us get on the ground, guns drawn. <laughs> thought we were robbing the place. Oh, my God. And uh, you had to rent out like a, uh, a rec center if you wanted to do a show. And you had to tell them it was this kind of show. And uh you know, like the circle jerks used to have to do that stuff. Like, okay, well, it's a punk band, but you know, we do these kind of songs and trying to get people to let you in, and then you tear it apart um, yeah. until they shut it down. But there was a there was a small club there called Gigs in Anchorage that was amazing. It was two two floors. There was like a lounge area upstairs, like beanbag chairs and benches and and booths and stuff to hang out and smoke. And then uh, downstairs was the showroom. And so I saw 
Agent Orange and Fishbone and uh, oh, man. Goldfinger was supposed to come up there. I don't no think. No yeah. way. Uh, <laughs> un- Unsane came up there. Like it was just random stuff. So like, but in Alaska, whatever band's coming up there is everyone's favorite band, and that's yeah. all, you know like touring helps keep your name in the in the in the spotlight. Yeah, because there's, I mean, you get so excited, like you start buying, at that point you'd go buy the records if you didn't have them all, and you'd, you'd be excited about it, so like, you know, Chili Peppers are supposed to come up, and they're hugely popular, you know, of course they're already popular, but like everyone's buying Chili Peppers records and trying to get Green Day's coming up, or uh, Ozzy, or Pantera, like White Zombie, like these are bands that came up while I was living there, uh, I was up there for 18 years, and those are, I mean... That's almost all the bands that came up there. Like it was a it was a thing when a band came up there. And um yeah, it's just uh it's a different world, but it's it's you know, it's a great place. I I really love it. Some of my best friends still live up there and, and are now working real jobs and you know, like the North Slope and flying up and flying back down oh, for wow. stuff and but man, it's just a place if you're raising kids, it's an amazing place to do it because you, you can drive 10 minutes any direction and be in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and, yeah, you, you have seasons. Yeah. You can do stuff. It's awesome. That's serenity for a lot of people, too. Um, especially for the touring aspect with these bands coming up. I think it's like you only come up at like once in a blue moon, and you're going to have a sold-out show regardless. Whereas, like, you know, you're on the East Coast or the West Coast. Uh, just like For example, like Electric Factory or... Um, I don't know the film I know, and now they changed the name of the Franklin Music Hall, dude. They didn't do much to it, but new ownership is there. They took that sign down too. Like, they, really? they also like changed the they they also changed the name of the Electric Factory too. What is that called now? Yeah, the Franklin Music Hall. Yeah, That's that was weird. Like the, that was like the staple of Philadelphia for so long. Hold on, that keeps coming in now. You got? Yeah, I was just there in 2018, I think. Yeah, yeah really? they they changed like some of like the interior designing. Like it's not much, but like it's it's still like the same actual venue. But when these bands come into town, like and, like you said in Alaska, like everybody's going to that show because how often are you going to have Goldfinger or Green Day come up to Alaska? You know, through, yeah. through a yeah. tour rig or through their um their calendar wise, like you know, like and you know, on the East Coast, like they have to kind of manage it. A little bit differently because they'll probably come like three times a year, probably yeah. like within a certain area, or they try to like make sure the touring package is different. So exactly, yeah, it's it's, it's great. It's just a weird environment. Like it's it's uh, I've tried to explain it before a couple times, but uh, it's like ah, there's not really anything to gauge it by. Like you, if you're a band up there and you haven't lived down here or lived a touring lifestyle. Like a show is like an event. Like uh, you're playing like Chilkoot Charlie's. Like you'll have your rituals. Like oh, I need to, uh, I need to have this tea and I need to have this. Uh, I eat this sandwich before we play a show. Like it's like these ritual things that like bands that are Aussie size would do, mm-hmm. and have these things that are prepped for them. But for the band that is playing for ten people, they treat it more like that than uh, like. I just want to play the show like it's it's a whole thing like because they see bands that do that but they don't see the small side so it's just it's just weird thing it's really hard to explain it you have to kind of live it to understand it but um you know 
uh, it's it's weird. It's like an event. It's like a, a big deal mm-hmm. versus, all right, we're playing this Friday and then we're playing next Saturday. And, you know, it's like, oh, man, in three weeks we're playing a show. Yeah, and it's that's that just kind as of big excitement. as like a festival. Like that is just as big as a festival, if not bigger. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's super cool. Do you miss any of the touring days by any chance? Like, do you miss getting oh, out there course. back on the road? Yeah, me too. I don't miss being, you know, in a van or a bus for, you know, 10 hours a day. And I don't miss uh, being sick on the road. Uh, I don't miss having to, like, try to find a rest stop, you know, when you're in the middle of nowhere. Mm. You got to go to the bathroom. Like, uh, I don't miss any of that. But I do miss, you know, seeing everything. Like, you're seeing so much and and meeting all kinds of people and, and playing in different countries and stuff for for people that seem to know your music and it's just cool. It is it's cool. something that I think everyone should experience, but you know, not everyone's interested in that. So, um, yeah, I, I experienced that. I've, I've seen, um, I've seen my bandmates get sick, like on tour and it looks like the worst time. And we told him, I said, where did we go? We went to eat. At, we stopped at like a local restaurant. It had to have been just like a diner or something. And he got fish. I was like, dude, you should really get something else other than fish at this, you know, standalone diner in the middle of nowhere. Like, please, for the yeah, love of God. That's your, and like, that's your first mistake right off the bat, man. Let you, be, don't, don't get the- you don't eat fish in a state that's landlocked. That's rule number one. <laughs> if it does not touch the coast, you do not eat fish. Yeah, man. Like, you can. That's such a mistake <laughs> right off that's the bat. Rule number one from the very first tour. Yeah. yeah. And we were in the Midwest, too. So that, can, you know. That sums up your your saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he got sick, but I, I never experienced that. But I think just like the fact of like you said, missing all these people and just like chilling, hanging, you go on a show, you play for thirty to forty minutes, and then you're done, and then you head yeah. off and do your thing. It's the original Facebook. Like it's it's basically, you know, you yeah. catch up with someone on Facebook every couple months. Maybe you check and see what they're doing, and maybe write them a message. With touring, you're you're there. You show up and yeah. like, oh hey man, how's it going? Yeah, so oh yeah, what'd you do since last summer? Like, it's real life Facebook. It's weird. Like you you have all these connections, they're all over the place, and friendships that that continue for a long time because you see each other regularly. Mm-hmm. That's a that's another cool thing that I miss. What's yeah. like your favorite city to go through in your career? I love Denver. Uh, I really love Denver. It's a great town, and I have a blast there. Um, yeah, I was never a big fan of New York City, uh, but I, I've had yeah. some fun there. But it's, I mean, shows, no one cares who you are. Even when you're big, no one cares who you are. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's you, you need to just be anonymous for a little while. Like, it's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I really like Denver. I really like uh, Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz is always a great town. Uh, the Catalyst, we usually play there. I love that place. Um, yeah, those are kind of my, my favorite spots. Have you had, like, I mean, I assume you have contacts and you're you have probably the ability to go out and and do some touring again did you ever like think about maybe like stepping back into that world or is that just not a possibility for you think no i i i don't think i could i i i mean i could probably get some crew spots if i wanted to yeah. um but i don't think i would do much as far as being, i couldn't commit um yeah to what a band would need i wouldn't put them in that position of even asking because you know i know i couldn't commit like they would need yeah, it, I would love to go out for a couple of weeks or go to Australia or go to Japan and, uh, you know, either tech for somebody or, or yeah. whatever. But, 
Um, we were talking to uh, Clint Tustin from uh, Galactic Empire, and he was just talking about. We were just talking about like where he's been and like recent tours that he's been with uh, Galactic Empire, and he was just saying how the crowds out in Japan just like give off such a different vibe and like just the like the way their culture is in terms of the amount of respect that they give you and how like quiet it is before the gig. And he's like, I'm backstage and I can't hear a thing and I can't tell if anybody's out in the audience or anything like that. But then when he comes out, like they're the craziest fans ever. Yeah, I, like I would, I would love to see that. That's that's something I've always wanted to do. Is I just want to, I want to experience like an Asian country, like especially like Japan, China. I, I would love to see that. Yeah, I've been told Japan is is like a a video game or like a another universe, yeah. like an alien planet. Like not not because of the people, but because of the like the lights and and what is advertised and the food. It's all completely so different that it feels. I've like heard an the alien food. Planet heard the food's the game changer there i bet like, like everything even like when it comes to fast food and stuff because i got a couple friends mm. that live there and they said that that the food is just like on another freaking level man like that that's what like keeps people there yeah you gotta like seafood dude yeah, that's, that's where that's the place you can eat seafood. not at a diner in the mid-east dude like <laughs> that's where you really that delicacy a diner in the middle of like, siberia on a train but yeah, Japan, you can have a slice of fish. You know, like that's funny. I was watching I was watching Anthony Bourdain today. I was like on YouTube and it just came up and it was him. I don't know why. I just thought it was kind of endearing him at a Waffle House and he'd never been to a Waffle House before until he did. Uh, the, I think it was the I don't think it was Nova Reservations. I think it was just the parts unknown. And it's just him at a Waffle House, like this super famous dude that's been everywhere, like in the most austere places on the planet. And he's in here experiencing a freaking waffle house with like a world renowned chef. And I'm like, this is like, just, this is just weird. Dude. Waffle house was always a consistent spot that there was always a, uh, waitress that was complaining and bitching about her husband (laughs) or boyfriend to the cook. Who is trying not to listen but make it seem like he was? Yeah, while every time, no matter the time of day, it was you know uh, Blanche at the at the counter, you know, yelling back to whoever about her boyfriend, and that goes hand in hand with finding places to go to the bathroom in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Is Waffle House the aftermath? You know, you had a good one too when you got security posted up outside. (laughs) Yeah, it's consistent, and uh, but it's cheap. And it's delicious, so and it, so yeah, it's always you can get it quick, and they're everywhere over there. So especially if you got like this layer of like alcohol sitting in your stomach that just needs to be soaked up by something, and a delicious <laughs> waffle comes out. Just it's waffles. like heaven on a plate, bro. Like that is where it's at. I was trying to describe to somebody uh, a few months back about Waffle House and all the 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 slang for it for like like chunked and <laughs> smothered, covered and capped and what all that means and trying to remember yeah. them all and without looking it up on the phone and uh, <laughs> i couldn't get through very many i couldn't even remember that's like the biggest problem with like being up in this area is the fact that waffle house like starts right in delaware so we're just so close to it but we don't have any but we have like obviously a diner like with a stone's throw away in any direction that you look mm-hmm. but like that's the biggest thing i always wanted was a waffle house around here like I'm still, I'm still like petitioning for that. Like that would be like the ultimate sign of respect by the Waffle House organization to put one in Jersey. You literally have every franchise restaurant in New Jersey besides a Waffle House. I don't have a Waffle exactly. House here. Like, dude, we, we, when we're jamming, we DoorDash anything, and it's like literally you can get have whatever you want besides a Waffle House. 
Yeah, your mind was blown that. Except in and out Burger. I don't think you guys have that one. Oh, we don't have that either. No. We have that now about 30 miles south of here, and I still haven't gone. It's been here almost a year because it's so packed. They just got it? Uh-huh. Oh, I thought it would have been up there already. I didn't realize it was just it was literally secluded to California. That's it. Yeah, it went. It, it's in Vegas, and it's in uh, Medford, Oregon, and now Kaiser Station in uh, by Salem. Man, so, you still haven't gone yet. What are you well, doing? Well, the hour, the waits are like hour, hour and a half, oh, sometimes three hours, and I'm like, they're not going to do that. <laughs> I love In and Out. It's one of my favorites. But man, I will. Not, I'd rather fly. I could fly to L.A. faster <laughs> than I could drive to Salem and sit in line. I could. I could fly to L.A. and outside of LAX. Uh, right after the first overpass, there's an in and out, and I could go there faster than going to Kaiser Station. Yeah, once you go through those kind of mental hoops, I would pre—I'd pretty much be completely discouraged at that point too. So <laughs> that's pretty sad. We were close to having an in and out. It was like a nice hot topic for like a second, but in and out only takes their beef from local farmers. Like that's their whole thing. That's why they won't really franchise the whole restaurant in itself. And we have a local farm here called Shady Brook Farms, and there was it was in consideration. Like we have this, we have this, um, what is it? A Sonic that's been vacant for so long. Now it's an Arby's, but it was vacant for so long. And they were thinking about just taking that Sonic and putting it up into like a. And then I was like, oh, please, for the love of God, and like, <laughs> please put it out there. And like now it's Arby's. I'm like, all right, well I'm disappointed. I'll just keep doing my daily routine. Like what the fuck? Like I mean, like our in and out is Wawa. So yeah, basically, yeah. Like I was out of the country for an extended period of time, and I never like thought Wawa lived up to the hype. I really didn't. Like I, I definitely appreciate Wawa. It's always been there for me, especially in times of need. But it was like I always thought it was kind of overrated. And then I wasn't around it, and then I realized how much I relied upon a freaking Wawa, especially like their iced teas, dude. That was the hardest time of my life was not having a Wawa. But now you got them in like Florida too. Yeah, for now. So they're they're branching out. I think I think one of the owners like kind of moved down to Florida and was just like, you know what, I need to have this here Probably. for my sake. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> have you toured like throughout the whole country, Dewey? Oh yeah, yeah, I've been everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. I think the only yeah. place I haven't been was the West Coast. That's about it. Because we've been to Canada and the Midwest, but we haven't reached the West Coast. Yeah, was I've it... been uh, been to every state many times, and then uh, Hawaii just on vacation. Never played there, mm. but. Uh, and we played Alaska, of course, but um, yeah, done it all. Do you have uh, a favorite area to tour in, like in general? Like regionally, like a, yeah. like uh, uh, well, California is always fun because the weather's always nice. Um, East it's Coast, so you don't you. get the the nice weather consistently like California, but uh, yeah, I liked our runs in California for, for In and Out because In and Out's always around. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, the shows are always good, and and any meetings you need to take are there. Like it's uh, it's good. But then um, yeah, East Coast. I used to hate all the toll roads and like the oh, the bad. weird like uh, turnpike oh, yeah. this and yeah, uh, right here is really bad. Between like Pennsylvania, New York, and New Jersey, it's terrible. Like yeah. everywhere you go, you might as well take out like a hundred bucks so you can just drive on the freaking road. It's crazy. Yeah, but yeah, definitely like uh, California, um, uh, Utah was always fun. Um, shows are always good there. So like that whole, like the West, I prefer the West coast over the East coast for touring, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Just, just as far as comfort and, and, uh, everything's a little more spread out. And I'm sure yeah. most of those, um, most of the touring that you've done, like a lot of the people that you've met and collaborated with or 
uh, conversated with. Like you've also had them on your podcast. Um, I mean, you've had like a plethora of, of people. I think you're like over a couple hundred episodes, but who do you like, who do you like remember in the back of your head that, um, when you started doing this, like whether it's from the beginning or it's up until now, like who are your, some of your favorite conversations with on your show? Man, that's a tough one. I like, I like a lot of them. Um, <laughs> that's the thing with my shows. It's just, it's, it's like a, every, every one of them is like a unique conversation. So it's not, I don't really say like I got to interview so-and-so like I just talked with so-and-so for whatever period of time. Um, the Ian McKay one was awesome, uh, early on. Um, that was a great one to, to, to start out with as far as I was like, as like episode 23 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fat Mike, uh, from no effects one was pretty legendary. Um, uh, is he like one of your heroes? Like, yeah, well, he, he was since I was a teenager, you know, that's when I first discovered no effects and, yeah. uh, to be able to go down to his house and, and, you know, sit in the studio and listen to the new no effects record jamming on his bass that he played he has like four bases like he doesn't he's not like a gear nerd or anything he has gear he's had for so long seeing like the bass he played you know in alaska when we were teenagers sitting there playing it in his in his living room. oh that's crazy all on a whim like from a 20 minute phone call to an airplane to there like things like that have been have been crazy but that was a good that was a good conversation um yeah, there's a there's a bunch. I it's hard to to pin it down, but you know, Ian McKay, Fat Mike, uh, you know, Josh from Code and Cambria, that was an awesome chat. Oh, I'm sure. That was one of the few times I said yes when the publicist said you can have 20 minutes and we went for two and a half hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was and I don't if they say 20 minutes I just say never mind. I yeah, I, I don't, I don't even know. get into it. Yeah, I've podcast. heard such good, I, I've, I've heard such good things about Coheed, everybody in that band. They're apparently like the coolest dudes. So they're incredible. Yeah, yeah. the whole band. They're amazing. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Josh is back in the band and and doing their thing. And and uh, yeah, we went we went deep on that one. We've and yeah, <laughs> Chris too from Anti Flag. We went really deep on that one because him and I had a lot of similarities of awful things that we've we've done or gone through in our life and. Um, the similarities. I don't usually talk about my personal stuff on on my show because it's more about the who I'm talking to. But the similarities were so freaky that uh, I was mm. like, "Dude, you, we got to talk about this because <laughs> yeah. uh, there's the fact that all this is happening uh, to both of us is is crazy." Mm. So. Wow, that is interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah, it's like saying like, "Who's your favorite kid?" It's like I can't pick my favorite kid. But you know what I mean? I mean, everybody's I got a kids. favorite kid, though. Come on, <laughs> I don't have any kids, so <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that. And I think it's even cooler too because I'm sure, like, well, first of all, before I get into my next question, I was going to ask you, but like, 20 minutes is not a podcast. Podcasts are very long yeah. conversations in general. Like, why would they pitch something for 20 minutes? That's interesting. Yeah, well, it's it's because they're in a press junket. They just released a record, or they just released a book, and they're doing nine of those that day. Oh god. Um, well, speaking of that, yeah, the Chino Moreno uh, episode was was uh, pretty memorable too. That one was a weird. That um, came about in a really weird way, and and it still continues on to now. But um, he was talking about that, like how he's got you know nine or twelve interviews set up, like 10, 15 minutes a piece back to back with the same 
questions over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah. But you have to just roll with it because it's a different country or it's a different, you know, like it's not like everyone's going to be reading this all, like all 12 of these. They're going to get it in their local yeah. area and that's it. Yeah, that's true. And like, you know, with my follow up on that, like, and you actually, you know, came to a partnership, you know, as it says behind you with, you know, EBR. Congratulations. That's like a huge, Thank like, you. you know, milestone. Um, how did that relationship build? How did that come into contact? Like, because I, when I first started, before I started this podcast, I actually, because uh, th- this is recent for you, right? With EVR, like very recent. Uh, yeah, we announced, uh, it's been going on for a while, but we announced it um, about a month and a half ago. Okay, yeah, that's when I saw it. Too. I was like, oh, wow, you made it like a partnership. That's pretty cool. Like, how'd that all go about, dude? Like, this, I'm stoked for you. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, first off, um, yeah, it was, it's something that's been growing for a long time. Uh, Dan, um, back when Anatomy of a Ghost was getting uh, like a bidding war going on us, we uh, Equal Vision was one of the labels that wanted us, and Fearless was another one. Fearless offered us way more money, and we were young, and so we took it, and we we turned Equal Vision down. Um, but Dan came to every show still, uh, even though we turned him down, and was always checking in on us, and and just a a good man, and and um, we just stayed in touch over the years, and. When I started the podcast, he started listening to the podcast and and uh, had enjoyed what he heard. And he, he thought I had an original style and, and just liked the way I did things. And I hit him up one day and I was just like, I was frustrated because I was like, man, if I could just get like a title sponsor for the show that would cover oh. costs and travel and stuff like that, like I'd be set. Like I don't need to make a bunch of money from the show as long as everything's covered. Like, you know, because there's this, this podcast called Turn Out a Punk with Damian Abraham from Fucked Up. And it's, you know, turned out a punk presented by Vans, right? Vans pays for everything. And he's, he just got back to me. He's like, man, what if, what if we did that? Like, what do you mean? He's like, what if we did that? Like covered all your costs and, and travel and stuff and, and, and did like a partnership thing like that. That's really never been done before with a record label and a podcast. And I was like, you know what? You're right. It hasn't. Let's, let's talk about this. So we, we spent weeks going back and forth on ideas on how to do it and, and uh, how to execute it and, and what it would bring to both of us. And we came to an agreement and, and uh, here we are. So it was really, and Dan, I think Dan's been one of my biggest supporters from day one with music uh, and then everything we've been a part of. I mean, he signed Portugal, the man early on, put out a couple records from them and uh, until they jumped up to Atlantic and that relationship continues. I mean, it's just a, a family atmosphere like i'm here this is now my studio it's the west coast office um you know i have a key to the place cool. i i come and go as wow, i need awesome. set shit up like uh yeah i got a bathroom key right here like hey it's it's family man it's that's family. how you, know you made it <laughs> yeah i tell you what though when i got the key of the office i did the first uh first interview here that i was doing or conversation rather and um uh, everyone was gone and there wasn't a bathroom key left here and I had to go to the bathroom so bad. So I had to like find <laughs> a long screw and bend it and like pick the, pick the door to the bathroom in one of the bathrooms Damn. here. And, uh, I made it work, but <laughs> after, soon after that, there was a bathroom key in the, cause it's in a big, like a big historic building. Mm-hmm. So like uh, out of this, cooler. out of this door, there's two bathrooms on each floor that you yeah. share with the other places. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I had to, <laughs> go so, DIY there 
That's a little DIY, honestly. I mean, the, well, I was listening to, to a podcast recently, so that used to be Rise Records' old office. Uh, that's what I thought, but it, I was wrong. Their office was out further out of town. Um, this is one they scouted out when they uh, partnered up. Okay, here, so. but then they're in LA now. Rise is in LA. Yes, when yeah. Rise went to LA, they basically told everyone that yeah, you're not coming with us, and uh, so Dan came in again. Dan saved the day and, and hired everybody as Equal Vision employees that were going to lose their jobs with Rise and um, wow. said, find a space. And uh, he, instead of going to L.A. with EVR for the West Coast, they came up here. So I'm going to buy that man a cape. Dude, like, seriously. Dude, seriously. Like, like, that's insane, dude. <laughs> that's, like, he literally just swooped in and was like, here, come on. This is just everybody's going to be a part of Equal EVR. Yep. Like, let's go. Beautiful. I, know it's, it's, I know it's based out of New York and always has yeah, been. Yeah, Albany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just like when like. I was listening to the podcast. I was like, "Huh, I guess they got an office in Portland." Like, it was just very fascinating that they're actually starting to expand their offices in general. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's a great spot, and uh, yeah, Matthew Gordon runs uh, runs this office, and I mean, it's it's unbelievable the the decor and the, he's such a good host. Like the first time I walked in, uh, like he handed me an ice cold smart water, and I was just like, "Where am I?" Like, I feel like I was in an entourage. <laughs> <laughs> with uh where Ari Gold like did you get yeah. him a water like uh I have a water like where would you like to record like setting up stuff like just yeah it's just beautiful people I I love each and every one of them at EVR and, and uh yeah so it's a good it's a good spot it's a good place to be I wanted to be on EVR in some way for 20 plus years and it's finally happened so yeah, I'm sure if you That's ask for good. just like red and brown M and M's, I'm sure they'll give them to you. So, <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that, but I I'm pretty sure it 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 if I really asked for it like sincerely, maybe Listen, it would guys, happen, but not I because not because I I would get that. It's just to be funny they would totally do that <laughs> oh that is <laughs> totally true and then they would they would joke about it all for forever yeah <laughs> it's so uh, dude that, that that would make me lose my mind i think that's so funny like it's it's all for good fun like honestly if you do if you do something like that like i would do that in a heartbeat like yeah it's just the college just two colors i'm gonna have snacks um, yeah it's way nicer than recording in my car i love recording in my you car don't say i've done it for so long like <laughs> I've done it for so long. I felt I'd go find a nice spot by a park, park the car, and fire it up. And then I got, I've realized you could get a dynamic microphone and you can't hear the air conditioning running on those hot mm-hmm. days because I sweated out a few, like, yeah. uh, where I was like dripping sweat by the end and like had to cut it off short almost because I was going to pass out um, to keep the noise down. But yeah, so it's, it's way better than recording in my car. And, and uh, I have a house in Portland here, but it's like a hundred and, however many years old so if the kids move or breathe you can hear it you know you can hear it in the basement so fuck that's not going to be a studio the garage is awesome but it's too hot and too cold there's no climate control that's not going to make a studio Mm -hmm. so finally i have a house i'm like yes i could build a studio in here nope and i was like wait a minute evr office and <laughs> there, you there go. we go. Yeah. Plus, you can have the guests come to the EVR office, considering like you know most of it has been done probably like how 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 much of your guests have been through internet bases with these podcasts? How much? How often oh. they come through the all of them? As far as the in person, mm-hmm. I've done I don't know maybe 30, 
30% in person. The rest have been on the phone or whatever. I, I don't, I use Skype a couple times, but I just, it wasn't super reliable for me where I was at. So I just, a phone always seemed to work. Um, so I just started doing that. A lot of phone calls, um, you do them anywhere and, and didn't need any kind of connection except for a cell connection. And, um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, well, now you have both options, like, whether I mean, if it would be in person or not, like you can take advantage of it solely now. That yeah, you have that office, yeah, which is cool. Yeah, and I think it's cool, pretty cool, because like the fact that you know, I'm sure like your kids don't mean to like rattle up your podcast like during like recording or anything, <laughs> but I think it would be like something that's interesting that they can like eventually look back on and like you know see you doing. Considering your dad used to be a on the radio as well. Mm-hmm. like so i think it's pretty cool that like you know this is something that like your kids can also look back on like you know in the near future that you've been doing for so long that you'll continue to keep doing as well oh yeah i've done i've done podcasts with them um just as they wanted to be a guest on it so i did a little uh, one on awesome. my phone i should put it out sometime it's funny with my son but that's <laughs> he uh he loves it and he's he's dad can we listen to my podcast sure and i pull it up on my phone and uh he can listen to what he was what we were talking about that day and so i think we're going to do it every year we'll do, we'll do a podcast with both of them and they can hear kind of them growing up oh, i mean like, awesome. like this is still like a relatively new like uh like subgenre of the internet so it it does act as like an archive i mean today we had eddie van halen die and the big thing was with him was there's really no interviews with him in terms of him just being authentic eddie is yeah. pretty much what I gathered, and I really never noticed it. Like we all knew he was in bad health, uh, and that his time his days are kind of numbered. But it's like with that generation of uh, like uh, like rock stars and and musicians and just like overall people. Like, can you imagine if we had like that kind of access to guys like Jimmy, um, oh, Eddie Van, Hill, like Stevie Ray Vaughan? Like, there's just nothing like that. Like now with this kind of like this renaissance of how we're conducting interviews like radio is kind of on its way out and podcasts are on the way in and it's kind of like this wild west territory it's like when we look back in 20 years on this stuff especially with your kids i mean like you can see this stuff and it's going to be really endearing to watch it and like see where everything was and like you got perfect video you got everything you could ask for like a click of a button yeah yeah it's definitely it's definitely an interesting time a lot of stuff's getting documented and i mean you can have a podcast on everything from basket weaving to it's crazy. running shoes to I mean it's it's insane the amount that's out there so it's it's uh yeah the wild west how long was your dad in radio for uh he did it just on he did it one night a week uh it's like a volunteer thing the the whole radio station on that island I grew up on was volunteer so uh Thursday nights he'd go in and record and uh Friday afternoon at three o'clock it would air mm-hmm. and uh yeah uh Maybe three or four years he did it mm-hmm. before we moved. Yeah, that's so. pretty cool. I, that must have been a subliminal thing of like interest for you. You know what I mean? Like to, to yeah. get involved in the podcast, you're like, oh, like it's something relatable. It was just really, it was really fucking cool. Yeah, he uh, he loved the show, and he uh, yeah, he was always talking about it and and joking about how you know putting us side by side. Uh, the last <laughs> episode I did like a it was with Johnny from Portugal and um well excuse me the last episode latest episode came out yesterday today today mm-hmm. today yeah but um yeah, or six 
something like yeah, that. Yeah, so the last one was on his one-year death anniversary, so I, I put his radio show send-off on there. And then putting my voice next to his looks almost identical. Wow. Uh, even back from the 80s, like it looks really close in the waveforms. That's trippy. And uh, yeah, so it was fun to see that side-by-side with, with me sending him off on that. And um, yeah, I was there in the room while he was recording. I was just watching him go, and and I was very very young, so it was it was definitely something that got uh, put in my mind. What sure. was the content he put out? Like, what what was he? What, what was it in? Uh, it was it was called the Big John Show. So it was basically he played music and would just like lead into it with a little bit of words here and there. He didn't really okay. say a whole lot. Um, he did a big intro and like a a little outro, but he'd just be like, you know, here's the latest from. Uh, Hart or Tom Petty or whatever, and uh, just get super excited about it. And, and uh, that's so cool, man. That was it. And so people would get their you know rock and roll show on Friday afternoons, and that was kind of <clears> their <throat> their deal. Do you have anybody so, that you're looking forward to talking to uh, as upcoming guests on the show for the pure pleasure? Oh, tons. <laughs> <laughs> Got a whole bunch uh, coming up that I'm excited about. Not some I can't talk about, but um, yeah, I've I mean, well, Anthony's. I was talking when I was talking to Anthony today. He's going to come on for a part two because um, I've had him on the show before. So Anthony Green and um, yeah, I don't usually talk about it because it, I don't want to jinx it. If it's ones that I haven't had on before that are that are bigger guests, I don't. Uh, feel like if i say something about it it doesn't happen i know what you it's mean. also um, kind of like a little treat too for uh for your viewers that are out there <laughs> every yeah. time they see it pop up yeah yeah but no we've got some we've got some bangers coming out it'll hey. be it'll be good i think the, i think the coolest thing about everything is that um you've been doing it for so long um i think this is like just a whole this art form has been around for you know quite some time but it's really starting to pick up like recently you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like podcasting is like now in and there's very rare, you know, podcasts of like certain, you know, industries depending on what they are. Like with the music industry, like I think there's like I think a couple handful, and we're just like slowly getting into it, you know, with us right now. Um, do you have any like tips and tricks or any kind of advice for like you know people like us just starting this? We've only been, you know, we've been doing this for almost six months right now. Um, or for people who've been doing it for quite longer, like, do you have any like insight to possibly, you know, grow within your art form in general? Sure. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't know how useful it'll be, but I mean, I mean, with, with, with podcasting, it's, it's a conversation between two people, three people, whatever, um, it's a pretty natural thing if you think about it. I mean, you get into a conversation with someone at a bus stop or a, a doctor's office or something like it's pretty easy to start up a conversation or or be sucked into one. Um, but I mean, just respect people's time. Like like you know, be on time. That's my that's my Dan always jokes. He could set his watch by uh, our weekly call because I call him the second it turns. Like I'm there two minutes early, waiting for the clock to turn to the time, and then I press send on the phone. Uh, and every time he picks up the phone, just says right on time, you know. <laughs> so be on time, be early, you know. Uh, uh, you know that's just basic courtesy. But as far as the 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 medium of podcasting, I mean, 
it depends on kind of what subject you want to talk about as far as advice goes because there's so much to it. Um, but if you if you go into it with a pure mind and pure heart as far as like I genuinely want to talk to this person, you're going to have a good time. And, you know, you'll be sometimes a little nervous before you get on the phone or get on whatever, but that's natural and that just means you care, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's it, when your gut's telling you like, oh, you know, that anxiety creeps in, that means it's probably going to be a good one, you know. And the times I've had that where right before I pick up the phone or, or whatever, walk into the room where I'm nervous and I'm like, man, I shouldn't even be doing this. Like those are some of the best ones I've ever done um, at, by the end, you know? So, um, yeah. And then just, uh, yeah. If you're putting out honest content, like you can promote it and it's going to promote itself. People are going to talk about it. And, and it's funny that being genuine is something people talk about now <laughs> instead of, uh, anything else like it's like wow it's just so raw and real it's like well yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because i don't edit i don't edit the shows i don't i don't do that i cut off the phone ringing mm -hmm. and i'll if someone has to go to the bathroom or something i'll cut that that silence out um or if someone specifically calls me afterwards and says hey i shouldn't have said that about this like it's not out yet or i'll go in and pull that out other than that it's exactly the way it comes out of what you hear on the show and I hear people that spend uh you know the show's an hour long every week and they spend 20 hours on it Ooh. probably you could find a better way to do it um or set yourself up better so you don't have to uh um spend that amount of time shouldn't take that long yeah you true. don't take uh you don't edit a conversation you had at the doctor's office with somebody right like you just don't do it because it's you can't right treat it the same way just yeah. do it you're supposed to have the mistakes. You're supposed to have like the hiccups, like that go with it. You know, within conversation, like sometimes I have like a like a uh, small stutter, like I just did right there. But that's not gonna be edited out. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's genuine, dude. Like I think genuine is like something new that uh, people can't. You know, that they're starting to realize what that word even means. So it's cool. Yeah. 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 It's a perfect art form. Um, but no, we sincerely appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, it sounds bet. like you have so much, you know, going forward, you know, with everything, uh, with the peer pleasure podcast. And, um, I mean, I'm looking forward, I'm sure a lot of other people and our viewers and our listeners are going to be looking forward to some of the content that you're coming out with in the near future. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a punch coming. I've got, I don't know, probably 15 in the can already and we're doing, you know, more. So we're trying to find a way to get them all out in a timely manner. So, uh, awesome, out of respect for everybody, the guest and not having their episode come out three months later, you know, which has happened yeah. a couple of times. Which sucks, but it's just how it works. <laughs> it happens. We had to reschedule a couple of times too, like uh, Zach and I with um, a couple of our past guests that like we finally, we finally record the episodes, but we'd reschedule and like, it, it is what it is. Like there's nothing you can do. Like just try to make the best of it. That's all I have to yeah. think about it as. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, but I really sincerely, uh, sincerely appreciate it, brother. So uh, yeah. no, we'll keep in touch and okay. uh, you know, yeah. keep safe out there. Really appreciate yeah. you coming on. Yeah, thanks for making today work too, man. I know you've been all over the place today, oh, so dude. really, really appreciate it. No problem at all. It's I appreciate the time and and yeah, time's valuable. So I I appreciate it, and uh, this was good.